the VCA Voice podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marie Curl. Our goal with the VCA Voice is to showcase how VCA Animal Hospitals is taking care of the future of veterinary medicine. We'll bring our purpose to life through meaningful conversations about care, our culture, and the communities we serve. On today's episode, I'm happy to welcome Ashley Lavender. Ashley is a first-year veterinary student at the University of Georgia College of Veterinary Medicine. Hi, Ashley. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. I really appreciate you joining us. And before we get started, you know, I will just say that your dad, who is our president also, Todd Lavender, talks a lot about all of his kids, especially the two of you that are becoming veterinarians. He and we at VCA want to get it right for you and for others like you. So I had an idea to get you on the podcast to hear firsthand what it's like in school today. So why don't we go ahead and get started? Sounds great. Tell me a little bit about your journey in veterinary medicine and where you are now in that process. So I knew from a fairly young age that this was what I wanted to do. Um, Growing up with two parents as veterinarians, (laughs) I was exposed to the industry fairly early in life. Um, I was constantly tagging along with my dad to different VCA events, going to different VCA hospitals. Mm -hmm. And even as a little kid, I thought it was so fascinating. Not that I really understood a ton of it when I was Uh that young, (laughs) but I just thought it was so cool. And then as I got older and I got to actually go to these hospitals and have a little bit more understanding of what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, And I started volunteering at some animal rescues and getting to see some of the medical cases there. I really just continued to fall in love with it. I never really considered doing anything else. There really was no plan B for me. Okay. It was vet med or bust from the get-go. Um, but yeah, now I'm in my first year of veterinary school. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, it's been a super exciting process. For those listening who are considering going to vet school, what are the most important focus areas in undergraduate to be a competitive candidate? I think the probably the biggest areas are experience hours and grades. I know everyone hates to hear that grades are important, but at the end of the day, a lot of these schools do have a GPA cutoff mm-hmm. to even consider your application. And then you have to have a certain GPA to be kind of considered competitive. Right. And that's different for different schools and it's different for whether you're in-state or out-of-state. Um, and it changes from year to year. So grades definitely are important, but experience hours are also considered pretty heavily by most of these schools. A lot of them won't even look at you if you don't have a certain number of experience hours. Mm -hmm. They just really want to know that you have an understanding of the profession and that you are really dedicated to what you do. Well, and I I certainly think that that's important. And I've I've worked with undergrad students before who changed their mind in, you know, based upon their experience and what they did. And it's really important to get that decision right and make sure that it's where you want to go. So how did you get your experience? What kinds of things did you do? So I started out just volunteering with a rescue, okay. um, which doesn't count as veterinary experience hours, but it gets you kind of involved in the animal world. Right. Um, and there is a place on your application for just animal experience hours. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a while. And then once I was old enough to actually have a job, I started at a couple different clinics. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have like a connection or an into a clinic, you can... Like if you have a pre-vet club at your undergraduate university, or if you have an advisor at your university, a lot of times they'll have connections with different clinics. And honestly, you can just start cold calling places. Mm -hmm. Just be like, hey, I'm interested in applying to veterinary school. I need to get some experience hours. I'd love to be able to come to your clinic one or two days a week. Or if you have a paid position available, I would love that. I really prefer to utilize my summers so that during the semester Uh I could focus on school. 
Right. Because a lot of these prerequisite courses are very difficult content-wise. Mm-hmm. They I are. Especially really... organic chemistry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was one of my least favorites. If I never have to take Mine organic too. chemistry class again, I will be a very happy girl. Um, so summers for me were where I got most of my experience hours. Mm-hmm. There are some people I knew who worked during the year, but I prefer to kind of separate that out so that I can really focus on what I was doing. Right. And it sounds like you had dog and cat experience. Did you have any jobs working with other species? So I was lucky enough, um, not this past summer, but the summer before, to be able to work at University of Georgia's Veterinary Teaching Hospital. Mm-hmm. And I got to work in their exotics department, which was a oh, wow. whole new world for me. <laughs> Going from dogs and cats to lizards and snakes and birds uh-huh. was a bit of a wake-up call. I had no idea what I was doing. Yep. Um, but schools do like to see that you're getting a variety of hours, whether that's small animal and large animal or adding mm-hmm. some exotics in there. Um, so it really helps kind of get a nice variety. Did you end up with any exotic pets after your experience? (laughs) I didn't. I don't think my dog would have appreciated (laughs) having any snakes slithering around. Um, my mom wouldn't have appreciated me having a snake either. So (laughs) we avoided that one for now. So how early did you start to plan for the actual application process? I probably started planning earlier than most for two reasons. One of which being just having my parents in the industry. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew from earlier on that this is what I was going to do. So I was looking at it pretty pretty early. Right. The other is that I am a huge planner. It stresses me out to not have things <laughs> <Okay>. planned. <laughs> so I started looking at some of this like during high school, but most people don't really start until early undergrad. Okay. That's when you can kind of start really like planning out your courses and like your prerequisites. Because if you wait too long with that, you're going to end up trying to cram a bunch of difficult courses into right. like one or two semesters. And that just gets to be a bit difficult. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Some of those courses are really, really challenging. Yeah. So in the calendar year, when does the actual application process start? And how did you decide which programs you wanted to apply to? So the application opens in January of the year before you want to start. So if you wanted to start in August of 2023, the application opened in January of 2022. Okay. So you start pretty early on. Your application is due in August or September, and then you hear back from schools anywhere from then through March, April of the next year. So it's a bit of a long process. Okay, yeah. For me, how I decided what programs to apply to is, first and foremost, I put my in-state school on the list because that's Mm -hmm. where you have the best chance of getting into. Okay. And then from there, I added one or two more just based on schools that I thought I might enjoy just location-wise. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just stop there. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to have the best chance possible of getting into vet school my first year. So I decided to add a few more schools. And those are pretty much added based off of what prerequisites match the prerequisites I was already going to be taking. So I didn't have to add too many extra classes. And then I also just asked my advisors if anyone from my undergraduate university had been accepted to those schools in previous years. Um, Some universities have a really good track record with certain vet schools. Mm -hmm. So that was important to me too. When I applied to vet school, I I think I remember chiseling my application on stone tablets. (laughs) Walk me through the 21st century process. Is there a website or online source both to get information about the different programs and to submit your application? There is the VMCAS. 
the veterinary medical college application services. So there is one like central application that you have to fill out and that includes just your general statistics about yourself. It includes putting in your experience hours and your grades. Um, And there is one central essay. It's basically why did you choose to become a veterinarian type of essay. And then after that, each individual school tends to have their own supplemental application. Mm -hmm. And those also tend to have essays associated with them. It ends up being a lot of work. It all adds up and it all costs (laughs) some decent money. (laughs) Yeah. So that's another thing to consider when you're looking at schools is do you want to put in all the extra work to apply to an extra school and pay the money? But as far as websites that can give you information about applications... The individual school websites will be your most accurate as far as like requirements and prerequisites because there are some documents out there that are a little bit outdated, but the school website will have the most up-to-date information. I really loved using this website called the Student Doctor Network. It's basically a message board slash forum where a bunch of different applicants can get together and talk about questions they might have about their applications and get updates Mm -hmm. about, oh, well, someone heard that they got off the wait list at this school, so maybe I have a chance of this XYZ. Now, is that that a website or is that a social media site? It's a website. It's a website, but you make an account and you can kind of use it as a social media. Oh, wow. Okay. It was really cool for me to be able to kind of connect with other applicants and all these various schools. And you can look back at previous year's forums and see what they were saying. Like, oh, they got decisions on this day last year. So maybe it'll be Mm -hmm. this day this year. Oh, wow. Try to figure stuff like that out. And is that, you said it's student doctor. Is it just veterinary or is it physician-based training as well? They have sub forums for um, human medicine, for veterinary medicine, I think maybe dentistry too. Okay. Um, so you just have to find the one for, for veterinary medicine. Oh, how interesting. I wanna, I'll, I'm want i going to get the, that information and we'll put it in the show notes in case people are looking at that. Yeah. You said that you needed essays. What were some of the essay questions you had to answer? The primary essay, the one that was on the general application was, again, just what made you want to become a veterinarian? Like name a story or a point in your life that kind of was your turning point. But then the individual schools asked questions about anywhere from name a hardship you had to overcome in your life and what you learned from it? Or why is diversity important to you? A lot of the schools had some overlap, so you didn't have to completely write a new essay for every school, but you had to do a little tweak here and there. And what about letters of recommendation? Did you need those? Yeah, all the schools require letters of recommendation. They might vary in the number of letters they require. So I asked two of the veterinarians I had worked with who I knew had a good understanding of my skills and my capabilities. Okay. And a positive understanding of my <laughs> my skills and capabilities. Always helpful to make sure Always that they good. can say good things. Right? <laughs> Always good. <laughs> um, and then I also asked a professor of mine who also served as my pre-veterinary medicine advisor. And then uh, one of my em- other employers when I was a resident assistant at my college, I asked him to write me a letter to. How many of your programs required an interview? I did three interviews, but you have to make it past like their first step of their application process to get an okay. interview. Not everyone automatically gets one. And not every school does interviews. Some of them will only do interviews for out-of-state or only do interviews for in-state. So it really varies. Mm-hmm. But I did three interviews. Some of them were a little nerve-wracking. Uh-huh. But You can look up online interview questions from previous years and kind of get an idea because some of the schools, the interviewers will have your file in front of them and they'll be asking about specific experiences. Mm -hmm. Other schools don't have your file. They don't know anything about you, but they'll ask you like a situational judgment question like, oh, if this happens in a clinic, if you made an error and you need to talk to a client about it, or what would you do? It really ranges, honestly. uh, Every school has a different approach to their interview style. 
Are, are there any general tips that you can provide to have a more successful interview other than studying and looking at some of the previous questions asked? For me, the most helpful things were to not over-prepare because if you over-prepare, some of your answers will sound rehearsed and they're not going to get a genuine picture of you as a person. Right. And then also to have questions to ask them back. Oh, very good point. So to like have some knowledge about the school and have an idea of some of the things that you want to know more about because they always ask you at the end of every interview, do you have any questions for me? And it gets really awkward if you're just sitting there going, <laughs> nope, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I understand that you were accepted at more than one program. And other than the fact that your dad would have disowned you, <laughs> why did you choose University of Georgia? For me, the biggest factor was probably cost. Being my in-state program, University of Georgia would have been by far the least expensive program for okay. me to attend. I was also accepted to programs like Louisiana State University. And uh -huh. if I had tried to go there as an out-of-state student, it would have cost me double what it was going to cost me to go to Georgia. So that was probably my, one of my biggest factors to my decision. Um, the family ties do help a little bit. It was, <laughs> it was sweet to kind of hear my dad talk about how excited he was to be able to like see all of our composite pictures next to each other, um, uh -huh. both, my, both of my parents and me, and then also my dad's father, all of us yeah. having gone to Georgia. He was super excited about being able to put my white coat on me at our white coat ceremony, yep. which unfortunately I didn't get to do because I caught COVID the day oh, before my white coat no. ceremony. <laughs> So that one kind of threw a wrench in the plans. Um, but yeah, cost was probably the biggest factor for me. The American Association of Veterinary Colleges has a cost comparison tool mm -hmm. that you can pull up a map of all the vet schools in the U.S. and in the Caribbean, and it'll tell you the prices for all of them oh, for wow, in-state in and out-of-state. And then it mm -hmm. also adds cost of living and stuff like that to it. So right. that's just something really easy to look at because it's all right there in front of you without you having to pull out a calculator and do all the math by yourself. Yeah, no, that, that's a very useful site. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Let's dive into first year of vet school. It's been a long time for me since <laughs> I was there. So tell me how many students are in your class and how did you get started? Was there an orientation? So we had 150 students in our class. We started out with an orientation. We talked about just getting used to the school. We got tours. We had peer mentors who were in there kind of giving us tips and tricks. They also had our school counselors come and talk to us just as kind of a preparation because there's no way around the fact that honestly, all of your years of vet school are fairly difficult and they're going to be stressful. Yeah. So knowing what resources you can go to mm -hmm. is super important. And then we had a couple days off and then we were hitting the ground running after that. <laughs> So what courses were in your first semester and what courses do most first-year vet students typically take? That really varies between vet schools. A lot of different vet schools take a very different approach. And actually, University of Georgia is revising their curriculum next year's incoming class. We'll have a whole new curriculum than what I'm taking now. So everything that I say comes to the grain of salt for University of Georgia because it's all about <laughs> to be very different. But I say across the board, the core classes tend to be things like anatomy and physiology and neuroanatomy were things that I've seen really commonly. Everyone ends up getting all the same classes overall, but they tend to be a little bit of a different order. Some schools take a very systemic approach. Others just kind of go, here are your classes. Mm -hmm. We're just going to push on through. My brother is at Ross University School of Veterinary uh -huh. Medicine, and we were comparing some of our differences in our curriculums and our anatomy labs specifically were pretty different because I, my first semester, learned everything about a dog and cat anatomy. And then second semester, I learned everything about cows and horses. Mm -hmm. But he would go through in his courses and he would do the forelimb 
of dogs, cats, horses, and cows. Wow. Okay. And then do the thorax of dogs, cats, horses, and cows. So his was very systems-based comparative. So it really does vary between schools. So how much time do you spend studying outside of your classes? It's a lot. Um, we have we have a lot <laughs> that of That hasn't tests. changed. Yeah, there's <laughs> okay. no way around that part, which is why, honestly, it's so important to have a good like work-life balance. Yep. I force myself to take a break. I'll go out with my dogs, take a walk. Like It's just important because, really, you, you can study all day if you want to. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. You have to take that pause and mental refresh there a little bit. Yeah. So in in getting ready for vet school in your undergrad classes, did you have anatomy and physiology? And if so, did you think those helped? I, my undergrad did not offer anatomy and physiology, which was super frustrating because I wish I could have taken it. It would have been very helpful. There were other courses in my undergrad that I thought were pretty helpful. Like my physiology courses especially were very helpful because the physiology in vet school can get pretty dense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So having a bit of a background in that was really nice. Some of my friends who've gone to more agricultural-based schools mm-hmm. took reproduction courses. Right. And they thought those were super helpful. Also, just communication classes, mm-hmm. which isn't really something you typically think about. Right. But there's been a bigger focus on communication than I really thought there would be in vet school. We've had mm-hmm. a lot of lectures about communicating properly and using empathy and stuff like that. So if you can get used to some communication courses, those would be fantastic as well. Have you had a favorite class? I think that my physical diagnosis class was probably one of my favorites. So that was a course that we took in our first semester. And it was basically learning the basics of a physical exam on dogs, cats, horses, cows, sheep, and goats. And it was also just a general handling course because a lot of us have never been around horses or cows or sheep Mm -hmm. or goats. So just learning how to approach a horse versus approaching a cow and where do you listen to the heart on a horse versus a cow. So just getting some hands-on experience with large animal was really cool for me because I haven't had a ton of that. I grew up in the suburbs. Uh-huh. Um, wasn't really a ton of that around me. Yep. So that was probably one of my favorites because it was hands-on and it was exposing me to things that I didn't have a ton of experience with. What course has been the most challenging for you? Oh, challenging for me was probably histology. I am not a microscope and tiny things kind of person. (laughs) Okay. It was just hard for me to stay motivated in that course because Uh it just was not my my cup of tea. Right. Some of my classmates absolutely adored it because they're more geared towards things like pathology, lab animal, that kind of stuff. So they were definitely more interested in it. But there are definitely just going to be some courses in in vet school that you're going to sit there and be like, this isn't for me. I know I have to know it, but just got to push through it. (laughs) What courses have had labs with them? What kind of labs have you had? Anatomy lab is probably our most consistent. Okay. The physical diagnosis had labs where we would go out to the farm or have a couple dogs in there to work through learning how to do a basic physical exam. We've had labs in our bacteriology course, um, mm-hmm. in our virology course. I'm really excited because next week my zoological medicine course is doing a darting lab. Oh, we wow. get to practice darting. <laughs> um, our professor made a joke about needing some volunteers to be darted. I think it was a joke, though. <laughs> we'll see. I'll let you know on that one. But I'm excited for that. That will be exciting. I don't think I ever learned that in vet school. <laughs> yeah, this is an elective, which I'm really oh, okay. happy that I took. But yeah. all I know is that we're going outside and practicing darting, whatever that means. I'm ready for it. <laughs> Have you found anything that makes the studying and coursework easier, such as study groups or any online resources? 
One of my favorite online resources is the Veterinary Information Network. They actually have 3D anatomy models of a dog and a horse. And I think they're working on building the cow one. But they have like scans of all the musculature. So like when I'm at home and I don't have time to go run into the lab to pull out my cadaver to work on my anatomy, I can have like a 3D scan of a body in front of me and you can like remove a muscle if you want to look underneath it. And then it has like all the nerves and like um, the vessels. And I thought that was so helpful to be able to visualize everything without having to be in the lab. And they even have like a testing function where they're uh-huh. hi- they'll highlight a muscle for you. You have to name it. It's great. I really adored it. Outside of that, I have used so much Quizlet and Kahoot. (laughs) Um, I never thought that I would use Kahoot so much after, like, I haven't used that since probably high school. Well, I'm familiar with Quizlet. Tell me about what is Kahoot? So someone has to make like a quiz for it. A bunch of people will join and then it basically like puts the question up. Everyone has to select an answer. There's a leaderboard. You get more points if you're faster. You lose points if you choose an incorrect answer. I used it a lot in high school, and uh-huh. I thought that was the last of me seeing it. Um, okay. But it has been a very popular study tool for us. So your classmates join into that as well? Yeah, people will post them to our like, group chat, and everyone can use them. You can get a big group together, and everyone can study by testing themselves. It's really fun. Oh, that does sound like fun. So are you involved in any clubs or extracurricular activities? And if so, how do you balance those? Yeah, it's super easy to actually get involved in clubs and things here. I thought that I would be way too busy for it. But the key for that is that most of the meetings for these clubs are lunch meetings. They will provide (laughs) food for a lot of you. (laughs) Um, It's a great way to kind of combine your time. They have some dinner meetings too, but yeah, they really lure you with the promise of food. And then you just <laughs> you're like, well, I have to eat lunch anyways. Might as well go to the behavior club meeting or I might go talk to the Zoom Ed staff faculty in their meeting. It's uh-huh. really fun, actually. <laughs> so, What surprised you based upon what you thought first year would be like? What surprises have you had? I think the biggest surprise for me was the number of tests that we've had. Okay. That was a big surprise. But the other thing that surprised me about the tests is that they're not as difficult as the tests that I had in undergrad. So while we had a lot of them, they weren't as intensive. A lot of it is just like, do you know the information or don't you? Uh But a lot of my undergrad exams were taking the material, having to apply it two or three times over before you could answer a question. I think the other thing that surprised me is how many of my classmates are at very different stages in their lives than I am. Uh Um, There are a lot of them who did come straight out of undergrad like I did. Mm -hmm. But then you walk around and you hear someone talking about, oh yeah, my wife or my kids or (laughs) my previous career where I worked as a zookeeper. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, where did you have time for this? But a lot of my classmates are in their mid-30s. Some of them are even older. Um, It really just surprised me a little bit. I Mm -hmm. knew that that I would have some older classmates, but there really are a lot of us who are just completely all over the place as far as where we're at in our lives. So a lot of them just decided like it's never too late to start vet school. You don't have to come straight out of undergrad. You don't have to know exactly what you want to do right out of school. So I thought that was pretty cool. Are you close to your class? I think that a lot of us are pretty close. Even the people that I don't hang around on a regular basis, if I pass them in the hallway, I can say hi. I know pretty much everyone's name at this point. Mm -hmm. You just spend so much time together that it's hard not to be friends with everyone. Yeah. Um, Because you're in class together for hours every day and and studying outside of 
outside of class. And then even if you try to get away from vet school and say you go out downtown <laughs> on the weekend, you run into them there too. So they're yep. everywhere. <laughs> what are some of the concerns for the profession that are top of mind for class of 2026? I think that the one that I kind of hear everyone talking about the most is probably mental health. Mm -hmm. Movements like the Not One More Vet movement have been super big on the focus for us. And even our school has made some adaptations to kind of focus on our mental health. We have what we call Wellness Wednesdays, where Wednesday mornings, we don't have any classes. You kind of get a break. You can sleep in. You can use that as extra study time. You can use that to fit in your appointments for whatever you haven't been able to do during the week. Um, But a lot of us are very focused on making sure we have a good work-life balance, making sure that we have time for other things in our life. So that's probably one of the biggest ones. Um, The other one I hear everyone talking about is just debt, but I think that's been a constant. I don't think that's new for us. Not new, but very important. Absolutely. Very important. It's certainly one of the things that we need to continue to work on to try to improve in veterinary medicine. And do you have any early thoughts on what you want to do as a veterinarian? I've been working pretty hard to keep an open mind. There are a Uh few things that I know for a fact I don't want to (laughs) do. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure that I'm not interested in things like pathology or radiology. I think that I need a little bit more Mm hands-on focus. Um, Emergency medicine has piqued my interest a little bit, but I don't have enough experience to really know for sure. So I don't know. I'm kind of keeping an open mind. Oh, that's good. It's good to be interested in lots of different things because that helps you to learn and and grow. And even after you graduate, most people, after they graduate, they still go through a lot of changes in what they want to do and where their profession takes them. Yeah. You hear about so many people who come in being so dead set on one career path. And then after a year or two, they're like, actually, I'm going to go do something completely different. So I was very careful to keep my mind open because I know that there's a lot about veterinary medicine that I haven't been exposed to yet. Well, we're about at the end of our time. So in closing, what words of wisdom can you share for those who dream of becoming a veterinarian? I would say just focus on getting some experience in clinics. Make sure this is really what you want to do because it's a a difficult but rewarding path to get there. So get some hands-on experience and fall in love with our profession the same way I did. Well, that's wonderful. And uh, I I have one last thing to say, and that is War Eagle. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Don't let my dad hear you say that. (laughs) Go dogs all the way. I don't think I don't think Auburn's had a had a national championship in quite a while. (laughs) It's been a it's been a minute. Yeah, I can't relate over here with our our back to back (laughs) national championship trophies. I don't know if you heard about those. (laughs) Oh, so now you know what it's like working with your dad too. (laughs) Oh, and he's a little bit more intense than I am about all of this. So (laughs) trust me, I hear it all at home. I was told that if I attended a another university other than Georgia, I may not be able to come home at Christmas. So. Yep, I thought that was probably the message you were getting. Yeah, he was horrified to hear that I had applied to Florida for vet school. <laughs> horrified. Well, Ashley, it's been absolutely delightful speaking with you, and I'm so proud of you. I wish you continued success, and uh, I'll look forward to speaking with you more in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing. Don't forget to leave a review to let us know your thoughts and share the episode with friends. Follow VCA Animal Hospitals on social media at LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more inspiring stories, visit our website at vcavoice.com. Thank you.